Switch Student Ministries, uh, leaders, adult leaders, my wife, Amanda, and the many, many leaders uh, that we have, adult leaders, uh, want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving so that we could take 31 people uh, and many, many, many students uh, to a place where their life could be taken over. So we talk about today is the, the switch takeover, and, 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 and really, we can only do that because Pastor Rob said, hey, I believe in the student ministry. We're going to let you lead everybody for a week, and we're going to try it once, you know. But we can only do this. Our students can only worship the Lord the way they do with freedom because they, at, at, whether it was at a conference, whether it was out on Wednesday night or, or before, earlier in their life, they at one point said, Lord, I want to give you not just my life so that I have, have salvation, but I want to give you everything that I am. So I want to personally thank you there was many, many, many people that gave so that our students, the investment that you gave so our students could be changed. And so today is to celebrate that, but it's also a moment where we as adults can say, Lord, can you change me as well? See, I, I don't want to just make it to heaven Man, I want there to be busloads that we're pulling in together that the Lord has given us opportunity to reach for the salvation, uh, with the salvation message of Jesus. And, and so thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I want to ask you today, as I ask our students each and every week, just give me a couple of moments, a few minutes, because I believe that the Lord has spoken through our students, and I believe that he wants to continue just for a few moments. Will you listen with me? Amen. We want to look in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And this is Paul writing to the Romans. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, I leaned over to Pastor Rob when Chris was given the challenge, and I said, I don't think I need to speak today. That young man was preaching the gospel, wasn't he? Isn't that awesome? Give him a hand. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, uh, Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is, which is your spiritual worship. So he says, I want you to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I'm going to stop there for a moment. That sounds like a whole lot more than just saying, Lord, I believe you're my Savior. Forgive me of my sins, doesn't it? <laughs> Paul's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's happened now. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, uh, literally, Paul was writing, he was like, give everything, offer everything, my hopes, my dreams, my everything that I am, Lord, I offer to you because that is my spiritual worship. Then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is the good, acceptable, and perfect? What is good, acceptable, and perfect? Now, Paul is writing to the Romans, and, and he says, I appeal to you. 
Another version says, uh, uh, says I, I, I beseech you, which is like a big church word for I am begging you. I am begging you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. He says, give it to him. Allow him to use you. Give him everything that you have. He says, let him take over. He says, I appeal to you. I beg of you. Let the Lord take over. Give him everything which is your spiritual worship. Now, there's another uh, version uh, of the scripture that says this. When it says, give him everything, it says, which is a reasonable act of worship. I love that one. Because he's not just saying, give everything to the Lord, offer him, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, because that's, you know, that's how you worship. He said, no, literally, Paul said, that's the least that you can do. Are you hearing me today? Listen, I want you to know, and I don't know if your students ever come home and say, like, I, 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 I preach pretty hard at these students, right? And they like Miss Amanda a whole lot more than they like me. I mean, I do too. She's my wife. But Paul says, look, offer your body, give everything, submit everything to God, your dreams, your desires. God, I will allow you to take over my life because Paul said that's the least that you can do. That's where you start. Romans 12, 1, Paul says, this is where you start. I will give up. I will sacrifice. I will submit. There, this is where you start. God, now you can take over. So the, 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 the first place that we start is what? Giving everything to God, every hope, every dream, every desire, offering my body as a living sacrifice. And then step two, Paul says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul says, do not be conformed, do not be fashioned, do not be influenced by the times, do not be influenced by society, don't let your stress level rise because you watched Fox News, don't let your stress level rise because you turned on Twitter or looked at Twitter. Listen, Twitter is not a real place. It's not the real world. Facebook is not the real world. Students, Instagram, Snapchat, it's not real. Paul's saying this, don't be influenced by those that are meaningless. Now, he's not talking about souls. He's talking about people that want to rip you down and destroy you because of your stand for Jesus Christ. Do not be conformed or fashioned or influenced by the times. Listen, students, Paul was way ahead of his time. He said, ignore the influencers. If you're an adult and you don't know what the influencers are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a social media thing, Instagram thing, Snapchat thing, where, uh, you know, these people are posting how to look, how to be, how to act, and it's all fake. It's not real. It's li literally leading students, leading a generation down a hole of destruction. Why? Because if I can't be like that, and if I can't look like them, then I don't even need to live. I want to tell you students, I want to tell you adults, because adults can go down the same little hole as well, right? Listen, it's not real. 
Do not allow it to influence you in such a way. Listen, I want to give a free shout out to Karth and Becca. We're talking about, uh, and there, you'll find more information next week about their community group that's going to start uh, Burden Bearers. Listen, and it's dealing, uh, it's for people that are dealing with that stress and that anxiety and that worry and that fear and, and you just feel like you're, you are mentally, your mind is gripped and you can't get free. I want to tell you, if you uh, are struggle with that or deal with that or even ha- or, or have a student or a, a family member that does see Garth and Becca immediately following the service, let them tell you more and then we're going to have a lot more information next week. But Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. He said, don't worry about the influencers. Paul said, and and Chris actually uh, brought this up, Paul said, I take up my cross daily. Paul realized it wasn't about him. It's not about what I think. It's not my opinion. He said, I take up my cross daily. Now, Paul was not talking about wearing a gold cross necklace. He wasn't saying I take up my cross every day and I put my bling on and everybody knows I'm a follower of Christ. No, Paul says I take up my cross daily. What was the cross? It was an instrument of death. It was an instrument of execution. So Paul literally said in a spiritual manner, I take up my cross. I take up my burdens. I take up my own dreams. I take up my own desires. I take up my own solutions. And I put myself and I put them to death on the cross. And I do what Jesus said to do. Amen. Now if there was anybody in the entire world at that time and maybe even since that had a right to say, look, guys, uh, yeah, I've got this thing together. It was Paul. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through 11, he says this, though I myself have reason for confidence or I have reason to boast in my flesh, if anyone else thinks they have reason for confidence in the flesh, he said, I have more So basically he's saying, look, guys, I could boast if I want because I have it together. If you think you can boast, uh, I'm going to tell you I'm smarter than you. Uh, you I might not be better looking, but, you know, I mean, God loves me. He he uses me. I mean, I was blind. He healed me, yada, yada. I mean, I was stoned three times. Still here. I mean, listen, if, if, if anybody has reason to boast, he said it's me. But then he says this. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As of the law, I was a Pharisee. As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. And then he said in verse 7, and it really needs to resonate, students with you, adults, it needs to resonate with you. He said this, but whatever I have gained, I have counted as loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. He said, indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish or trash or waste. He said, I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own 
Hmm. He said, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from my own strength. He said, but I want to know Christ. I want to know him. He said, but that which comes through the faith in Christ that Jesus, excuse me, comes through the faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, look, I have reasons to boast, but I'm going to lay them all down. I'm going to crucify those things. So I have three quick and easy points today. And the first point, if we want to allow the Lord to take over, is this. We need to lay down our own will. We need to lay it down. We need to give it up. We need to say, listen, it's not, again, not about me, but it is about what God wants to do. It is about what God uh, is wanting to do in my heart and my life. Lay down my own will. Lay down my own agenda. There was a missionary many years ago, probably 50 years ago or so, or actually he was a, a child at that, t- that time, but a missionary by the name of David Grant, who's a powerful missionary, has been serving in India and the surrounding areas for uh, m- more than 40 years. And he tells the story of when he was just a, a teenager. And they were taking a missions offering. And he was just, he, he just was so moved by the, the, the speaker, moved by the missionary that had, had preached. And, and uh, he, he, he found himself as the offering plate was being passed. He was thinking, I, I don't have anything to give. I, I'm just a teenager. I don't even have pizza money. And, and, and as the offering plate was passed to him, he took it. And now the ushers were like, what in the world is going on? But he took that offering plate and he stood out in the center of the aisle and he stood up in that offering plate and he says, Lord, I don't have anything to give, but send me. I don't have anything to give, but send me. I don't have any money. I don't have very many talents. I don't have very many abilities. But what I do have is a life that I will give for you. And, 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 and years later, he went from there, you know, graduated high school, graduated Bible college, and he served in India and is still serving in India for almost 50 years. He served right along uh, with and became great friends with Mother Teresa. They worked on a lot of the same projects together, and and he's there leading literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people over the last 40 some odd years over in India to the life-changing message of uh, and the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ because he heard the scripture, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, and he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. See, the, the, the things that, that, we, uh, that we talk about with our students in over 20-some-odd years of, of college and youth ministry, uh, I, I've heard uh, people talk about a lot of regrets. 
But, uh, you know, to be honest, it wasn't. They're not talking about regrets of sin that they came out of that the Lord forgave them for. But I remember sitting across the desk of, of, a, 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 of a father to one of our students, and he's sitting there, uh, he comes in, and he's got tears rolling down his cheeks, and I'm thinking, oh, no, what's happened? Because, listen, as a youth pastor, parents don't meet with you for good news, ever. Like, they don't come in and it's like, oh, we're so glad to see you. What a great job. Parents meet with you, and they say, hey, uh, my daughter got pregnant last week, and it, I blame it on the youth ministry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not good news. It's not good stuff. So this guy comes into my office, and he sits down, and before he even says a word, he has tears rolling down his face. And, but he says this. He says, I have so many regrets. And I'm like, well, you know, what are you talking about? You know, things, listen, whatever's in the past, it's in the past. The Lord's forgiven you. No, he said, no, no, no. He said, I have regrets because uh, my daughter uh, told me last week that she was called into full-time ministry. And she's preparing to do what God's called her to do. And she's answered the call of the Lord. And he said, I got that same call when I was 16 years old. And he said, I just, I, I just threw it out. And over and over, the Lord would come back and call me and say, listen, I've got a thing for you to do. I, I've got dreams for you that I, that I want you to accomplish. And he said, and my regret is that I never said yes. And so today, I'm not talking to you adults as saying, listen, every one of you should go on the foreign mission field and, uh, you know, stand up in the offering plate, go get in that uh, wooden box and stand in there. You know, that's not what I'm saying, but what I am saying, God's not asking you today to cross the sea, but he said, cross the street. I know I yell a lot. I'm just loud. My kids will say, Dad, are you mad? No, I'm just loud. But I want you to know there is a world that is hopeless. But most of the time as Christians, you know what we do? We get mad at it. Right? We watch the news. I can't believe if we just had different this. If we had different leadership. Can you believe that that group of people who are not Christians uh, 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 mock us as believers? Yeah, I believe it. Do you believe the, those people that maybe have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ or at least they've never submitted to it? Can you believe they're doing all those grotesque things? What else would they do? But the Lord is saying, will you love them? Died up your own agenda and say, I am going to cross the street at least. Students, I'm going to cross the hallway in my high school and middle school and homeschool co-ops. Parents, for some of you, it's crossing the hallway in your own house and saying to your teenage daughter or your teenage son, I love you so much, I don't care what you've done. I don't care the sins that, that I, I think you've committed. I love you, and I will give my life for you. So the first way to live a life that has been take over, taken over by Christ is simply this, lay down your will. 
The second is change my ways. Lord, if I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, I need to change my ways. I need to change my ways by submitting to you. I need to change my ways by saying, Lord, not my will, but you, your will be done. I need to change my ways by saying, not I, I must decrease, but you must increase. Change my ways. I need to begin to live according to the word of God. Listen, I'll tell you, I've said it nearly every time I've ever spoken. There's not a church in America that has a pastor that preaches the undefiled word of God like your pastor does. Week after week after week. Do you believe that? So if you're saying, I need to change my ways, listen, by hearing the word every, every Sunday, by getting involved in a community group uh, every week, by, 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 by sharing your faith, sharing what you know. You don't have to know the whole counsel of Scripture. What you have to know is your story and how God changed your life. So if you say, I need to change my ways, there's not a better place to be because the word is preached, the gospel is preached, there's, there's instruction, there's rebuke if necessary. That's not a bad thing. That's learning, amen? There's times where I have to tell our students, listen, that was not anything to do, but I'll tell you, and the students will tell you as well, there's, off, there's also been times where I've had to ask forgiveness from those students saying, what I did, now it's not some horrible, gross sin, okay, but what I did in this case was not a good example to you. There's times where I have to change my ways. There's times that we need to change our ways. So lay down our will. We need to change our ways. And the third and last thing is to renew our mind so that we can discern what God's will is for our life renew our mind Ro again in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 or verse 2 he says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect